You're listening to the Time Creator Podcast, episode 13. Welcome to the Time Creator Podcast. If you're ready to tame your to-do list, get organized and create a more harmonious life, you're in the right place. Join me, Tash Guthrie, as I share real, tangible tips and strategies for creating more time for the people and things that matter to you the most. From inspiring interviews to solo strategy sessions, girl, I've got you covered. So come on, let's start creating time. Hi, everyone. It is Tash Guthrie checking in with another episode of the Time Creator Podcast. And boy, do I have a treat for you this week? I have finally got to chat to someone who I have been following for a while on Instagram. And then we finally started chatting and it was really clear right from the start that Rochelle and I were just really geared to needing to have the conversation that you're about to hear. And it's been such a beautiful experience for us both to connect and to follow through and to develop our friendship. And I really hope that you love the episode today. Now, if you love this episode and you've loved my previous episodes and you haven't subscribed to my podcast, oh my gosh, pause this now, go and do it, press subscribe on the channel so that you get my podcast episodes downloading automatically for you each and every week. Now, before we jump in, I just want to tell you a bit about Rochelle and what she does so you can go and check her out. Rochelle Glendon is the founder of How to Live Slow. Yeah, I'm going to say it again, how to live slow. Oh, it just makes me feel relaxed when I think about those words. Now, that's a YouTube channel and soon to be podcast, and it's designed to help modern mums find the antidote to overwhelm and instead create the intentionally slower family life of their dreams. Now, Rochelle is a qualified life coach, reformed busyholic, great word, and mum to two boys. She's obsessed with personal transformation and believes that slowing down is as easy and as hard as making different choices and creating new habits. I truly hope you enjoy my conversation with Rochelle as much as I did. If you did, please leave me a review, make sure that you've subscribed and I'll catch you on the other side. Rochelle, we're finally meeting for the first time. <laughs> Guys, I'm chatting oh, to yeah, I'm chatting to Rochelle. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's only been like three months in the planning. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rochelle and I bumped into each other on Instagram, and I don't know what the pull was, but I was really pulled to you uh, when your account must have popped up, and I just got really drawn to it, and just wanted to chat with you. And I think I remember sending you a message saying, "Hey, I just feel really like I wanted to chat to you," and yeah off we go yeah it's funny because when you messaged me I was thinking the same thing like oh wow she's so cool I love her account everything that she's talking about is so awesome so we must have crossed paths somehow <laughs> at the right time for the right reason yeah and I've talked about this so many times that you are meant to be on a certain path at a certain time so it's really great that we were able to connect and so, Rochelle, the reason I sort of your account sprung to me was because you talk all about slow living and uh, my little ears just pricked up and 
I just was like, I have to chat to you about this slow living movement and what you're doing and trying to achieve in your life. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about who you are, where you're from and how you kind of got into the whole slow living thing and what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you again for having me. Oh, actually, thank you for having me. I didn't say that at the start, but yeah. So slow living is, well, it is a movement and um, it's all about, you know, disconnecting from that hustle culture and that rushing thing that we all do, particularly in our twenties, we're all striving towards some sort of goal, some sort of outcome for what we've been working towards, you know, our whole school life and potentially uni and climbing the career ladder. So how I got into it, I guess I grew up in the country or I spent my teenage years, we moved to a farm, you know, back in the day before we didn't have any phone reception out there. We only had like ABC TV. So we spent a lot of time outdoors, just running around in the bush and that sort of thing. And um, then I decided when I finished school that I was going to move up to the Gold Coast of all places. And I was working full-time and going to uni full-time and trying to have a social life and just, you know, constantly just getting unwell and burnt out. And I finished uni, started in my career of choice and the workload just piled on, you know. Mm. People say, oh, 60, 70 hours at work. And that was where I was. And I wasn't really feeling like, it just didn't feel like, this was it, you know, mm-hmm. I worked all these years towards something. And then my husband started a business and oh, I, I helped him start it. And so I was doing that on the side as well. And I couldn't perceive how would I possibly fit in, you know, when we were going to get married and have babies, how was I going to fit it all in? And I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, So when our babies came along, I was in the really fortunate position of being able to stay at home with them and help my business, help my husband with his business. And um, I just remembered those days of, you know, growing up and, and being, you know, you finished school, you went home for the weekend and that was that you weren't constantly connected. We weren't always, you know, growing up like we weren't connected on social media. So it was really good disconnection time. And, and that's what really I felt was missing. Um, for a lot of that. Um, so when the babies came along and I was able to reconnect a little bit with that slower lifestyle, I was like, that's right. This is what, you know, we're working towards, you know, I was 30 and I'd been working so hard towards goals and never really arrived. So the more goals I achieved, the more I felt like there was something else I had to achieve before I could allow myself to relax and enjoy the weekend and slow down basically. So I think I know what you mean. Like you have to actually work hard to deserve that downtime is sort of the mentality we get to when we're working that hard and that many hours. I'm currently in that situation where uh, I feel that, but I haven't finished these things. So why do I deserve to go out to the park with the kids and have a really relaxing time? So I'm kind of feeling at that point at the moment So it's really interesting that this has come up. And Mm. when you go back to when you first had your babies, did it take you a while to transition into that slower life? Did it, were you still trying to keep up with what you were trying to do before? Or did you have that kind of pressure on yourself? Like, was there an adjustment period for you? Um, I think the adjustment period actually came because um, 
I quit my job and started working for my husband and I was actually life coaching at the time as well. So I was trying to build a little life coaching practice. So suddenly I quit my job and suddenly I had all this time, but I became really unproductive because suddenly I didn't know how, you know, I didn't have these work hours and I didn't actually know how to structure my days so that Mm. I was productive when I needed to work and then, um, you know, could take downtime. So that was a bit of an adjustment. And I think that was when I went through more of that, you know, not working, what do I do with myself kind of thing. So when, so then I was really lucky to have a pregnancy where I, you know, could have morning sickness. (laughs) (laughs) And that was another thing, you know, like I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to handle a full-time load at work Mm. and have, you know, really bad morning sickness at the time. So um, yeah, the kids came along and I was well and truly into that sort of slower vibe but there's you know other stories that you develop as well around not being productive um, Mm. and finding that balance and yeah that's another thing about slow living is sometimes it it can be quite painful and hard and we have all these other stories running around being lazy or um, all that as well so that's a bit of a tangent there but (laughs) but I can imagine mindset is huge and um, if I go back to when you were talking about when you had all of that time and you didn't know how to structure it basically Um, It's funny how the structure of going to work every day from eight till five or whatever it is, it pulls you, the structure pulls you along with it, whether you're wanting to go with it or not, the time allocation is already set out for you. So what you find is you have less time allocated to what you want and more time allocated to what is expected. So therefore in that small amount of time that we have where we don't have anything specifically allocated, we we get into a rut of overwhelm because we can't get everything done in the short amount of time. And then what you're describing is the complete opposite where you don't have the, the structure pulling you along through your day or through your week. So everything's really loose. What you were trying to probably fit into one or two hours, I imagine now you have 10 hours. <laughs> so it's a little bit of uh, looseness on the sides. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're right. But, what I realized is that slow living isn't just doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you can completely go the other way and become really unmotivated. So um, yeah, you're coming back to it and and saying, all right, this is a work day I'm going to do work and then not procrastinate, not sit and scroll social media and waste those days so that you're then, you know, having to work 10 hours a day. Mm. So there's a little bit of self-discipline as well. Yeah. So in your own words, what would you describe slow living as? I think slow living is the removal of everything that's not important, very similar to minimalism and focusing on the, our priorities in life, our, you know, what, what we want to achieve mm. and not, not people pleasing, letting go of all of the extra stuff that is there to fill our lives um, but doesn't maybe add value. Yeah. Yeah. Really calm. It feels when I look at your, your Instagram feed and I listen to your stories, I just have this sense of calm. Like there's no rush. Everything's organized, but there's no rush. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is I think now I could be totally getting this wrong. I heard it from Marianne Williamson. I don't know if you know her. Um, uh, She's a sort of like a life coach guru type of woman. And she says, Um, I think it comes from a course in miracles that um, everything that's due to you will come to you. So those who are certain of the outcome 
can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. And that basically means that there's no need to rush. There's no need to hustle because what you, what is meant for you will be for you at the time that it's meant for you. Mm. And if you sort of let go a bit of control, sometimes it's like slow down and you'll get there faster. Yeah because you're not pushing for the outcome and, it, and, and you give the space for um, your life to unfold as it's meant to unfold. Mm. Having that real trust in the process, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is wonderful. And, and I know we are, and look, I do the same, you know, there are certain goals that I am working towards that I want to achieve, but I'm not going to flog myself to, to get to them a day earlier because I don't want that stress in my life. So it's, yeah, very in tune. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, often when you're feeling really overwhelmed and you've got a list of to-dos that is like, a, you know, a, a mile long, the mm. best thing to do is not do any of them and take some time out to get some clarity to figure out yeah. what is it that you actually have to do and what is it there that's, letting, that's overwhelming you that's not actually necessary. Yeah. It's a lot taking- of the time if you... Yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, just taking that time to reset and recalibrate because before you can move mm. forward, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I just find that um, slow living is something that we need more of in our teenagers and um, just I, I look at where we're going with the technology side of things. It really worries me. And mm-hmm. I do worry that as we're we're bringing these adults up through and into the world. It even starts in primary school, you know, where I'm at with kids in that whole being caught up in a world that's not the real stuff. Yes. And I was going to ask you how you find technology plays into the slow living movement, because I'm seeing these children coming on through primary school, going into high school and beyond. And we have an addiction problem with technology and I just wondered how, yeah, how much you think technology plays a vital role in slow living? Yeah, I think technology, it, it's, it's got its good sides and it's got its bad sides, mm. doesn't it? Mm. Um, you know, for me, it's all about the intention of why you're using it. And I'll, I'll use the example, my four-year-old is so obsessed with the TV at the moment. Yep. And it would be really easy for me to say, yep, you can just watch the TV. I've got heaps of stuff to do anyway. And that's one intent. So that's just me sort of almost, you know, and sometimes you have to do that. Let's be real. Sometimes you do have to do that. But if you sit down and watch a movie together, then that's using the technology as a connection point. Yes. So there's a different intention there where you're doing an activity together. Mm. And then of course we, you know, you and I grew up in a time when we didn't have that technology. So it's hard for us to understand what, how it is as a kid now having mm. it around. Um, I think sometimes like I look at my dad and he's so obsessed with his phone, but he doesn't, he, he almost, I hope that our young kids are growing up um, understanding, you know, over time a little bit more around boundaries, whereas us yeah. that didn't have them maybe don't understand how to disconnect more easily. I don't know. That mm. could be way too positive thinking because <laughs> the, the flip side is that, yes, we do use our, phones and technology as a distraction thing as well and we're all seeking connection and we're looking for it potentially in the wrong place whereas Mm. if we just look up and see the people around us I think that's most important yeah and you would have a lot more access to to school age kids but 
Mm. I, my kids aren't at school yet, so I'm just so I'm a bit nervous actually. <laughs> yeah, technology is used really brilliantly in schools. It's used as a tool, and I still do think though that there is uh, so many children that can swipe and press and log in and do all of these things, but what they're lacking is the ability to look into someone else's eyes and have empathy and have a conversation mm. and listen to someone's perspective and uh, not be so egocentric. And it's just uh, really, yeah, I think that relationships are the core of having that really peaceful, fulfilled life that we're, we're looking for. And the relationship building skills are something that we have to teach children and model for children. And we're getting so off topic, but I just think that in yeah. terms of the slow living, um, if we want our children to grow being really connected to self and others, I just wonder how interfering that technology can be. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we're totally getting off topic here, but not really because like I know, I know, you know, it's not always possible for families to come together every single night mm. for a, an extended family meal, but um, I'm really lucky that we've, we've just built a new house and we don't have a TV in the kitchen dining area anymore. Perfect. It's not, we have a separate room for the TV and, um, and the, my office is away and everything, um, which is good. So I have the kids, like we all hang out in the, in the kitchen, you know, chatting and they get involved with cooking as much as possible. And, you know, it's a long game because getting the kids to sit at the t- at the table and chat to you and answer questions and enjoy their food. That, that's, mm. but I think in the long term that will really pay off. And, and it's those times of connection that really balance out that interference of technology, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not always possible. <laughs> well, no, that's exactly right. And like you said, we're, we've got a generation of children who have basically been born with an iPad in their hands. So it's very uh, hard for us to understand uh, from our perspective where we've had nothing. My daughter still can't believe that uh, there was no such thing as a mobile phone until I was in my mid to late teens. That just doesn't even, she can't even imagine that. And <laughs> maybe yeah. that's why we were so connected as kids uh, because we were always living in the moment. And we were always Mm. present in the moment and mindful of the moment that we were in. And like you said earlier, when we first started chatting, you know, about going home for the weekend and you were so far removed from everything else. So you just had that downtime. My favorite memories are of rainy Sundays doing jigsaw puzzles. Like that is just, yes, you know, maybe that's why I love the rain so much, but like, that was my big thing. Like if mum and dad said, oh, we're not going out today, we're staying home and it's pouring rain. I'd be like, yes. My brother would be like, no, kill me now. <laughs> um, but I would be like in my glory. And that, that being present and mindful is really calming for me. And um, when I think about slow living, I think about that kind of thing, being present and being mindful and looking after ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you talk a lot about um, self-care and I think mm. um, those sorts of things where we are actively choosing to disconnect at to connect, you know, doing puzzles together and, and even things like prioritising going to bed earlier and, and, yes. and having the self-discipline to turn the TV off or put the phone down and leave it out of the bedroom. Those are really hard things to do, actually. We formed some you know, habits, if, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you've got to, like you said, you've got to really be present to the decisions or the habits that you're, you're going through. 
and actively choose to make different choices. Mm. Um, and, and that's not always easy, but I think that that actually is real self-care, is, is making those harder decisions and being a little bit more disciplined around some of those things that we can just let, let go easily. Yeah. Mm. So what's your take on self-care from your slow living perspective? How have you embedded, what does self-care look like for you as you're living like this? Um, yeah, like I said, well, self-care for me is, is more so, you know, I know as mums especially, we put the kids to bed and we think, right, I've got my me time, I've got mm-hmm. my couple of hours. And it's so easy to stay up until 11 o'clock and then wake up and be tired because the kids woke up in the night or they're up yeah. at 5.30. And then you're cranky and then you're hard on yourself because you're, you're not showing up as your best mum. Um, the way that you really want to and you're reacting to things that you know if you weren't as tired you wouldn't react to yeah. so again it's the having the discipline in a sense I guess you I can't think of a better word um, of of choosing to go to bed at nine o'clock and get a full night's rest and another thing for me self-care is letting go like learning self-trust trusting myself you know I know we talk about like self-care is having a bath or having some chocolate but trusting myself that I can know when to stop eating chocolate and I can have the chocolate in the fridge and I trust myself around food. So to me, that's self-care. Yeah. So knowing that I can have whatever I want, but I know my limits and to, you know, sort of let go of all of that um, diet culture as well. So yes. to me, that's self-care as well. It's a level of self-respect, isn't it? That self-care. Exactly. If you, can, if you can pull yourself up at one row of chocolate and not eat half the block, that is not only looking after yourself, self-care, but very much self-respect. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, like you said, self-respect and, and trusting yourself. And also I think it's got a lot to do with, you know, we talk about exercise, finding exercise that nourishes you. Yes. So not going to the gym because you need to lose weight, but going to the gym because it's, it makes you feel good. And it's all mm. these things that we do over time that have a long-term impact mm-hmm. rather than those, you know, like, um, um, it, what do you call it? Instant gratification things. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So yeah. I've got a lot of listeners who are sort of in that phase you were describing at the start of your um, conversation and how I identified as being part of that group of people where we are feeling quite overwhelmed in our lives. We've got a lot going on. We wear, especially as mums, we wear a lot of different hats. Even women who aren't mums mm-hmm. are wearing a lot of different hats. They're working, they're volunteering, they've got responsibilities. I just wondered, and I'm putting you completely on the spot, but I'm just wondering <laughs> if you had a couple of tips for those women to start to embrace the slower living movement what sort of little tweaks can they start with to help move themselves into that more relaxed calm lifestyle um it always comes back to mindset mm-hmm. and knowing sometimes there are seasons of life that are busier but knowing the reason for that and understanding that um you've made the choice, you know, if you're in the situation like with you, you've got many hats. Yeah. Um, that, that, that is something that you're choosing. So it's um, in a positive way. So I've actually I mean. chosen to be in the season of full-time work. I've not always been mm-hmm. in the season of full-time work, but that is where I am. And I do see it as a season. Mm-hmm. It's not a, mm-hmm. um, 
I'm part of the infinite game. So I'm not, um, you know, thinking that this is finite. Uh, there will be pockets. And I'm thinking about another friend of mine who's just had a baby and is really struggling with, to get everything done. And, and again, it's a season, it's another phase. So sorry to interject yeah. in there, but I thought I'll just no. break that open for everyone because yeah. sometimes you do have to embrace that season that you're in and know that it is, is just for a moment of your life. Yeah, that's right. And understanding that there are, you can't do everything. Mm. So it may mean that some of those, you know, third level relationships may have to wait for a little while yes. or, um, you might have to get somebody to help you with cleaning the house mm-hmm. or, you know, asking for help. A lot of us also feel the weight and responsibility of potentially the, the mental load of running a household. Yeah, um, and I've definitely had those conversations with my husband before mm. saying like, I actually really need some help. And we're not very good as women at asking for help. And a lot of the times that village that we talk about, yeah. um, it doesn't exist as much for a lot of us because we have moved away from family to pursue our career goals and all of that. So if, you know, pulling the people that you can ask for help and also just saying, you know, some things just have to wait. Mm. Some things have to be less than perfect and some things I just can't do. So if you're focusing on a few particular things, the saying, if everything's a priority, then nothing's a priority. is a really good one. Yeah. That's a ripper of a one. Yes, exactly. Mm. So choosing three things that you're going to go all in on. And then also sometimes we think we're working towards our priorities, but when you really look at the things you're spending your time on, you know, we say family is a priority, but when, how often do you find time to actually make that, do the things that make you feel like you are making that a priority? Mm. Um, So, you know, just using family as an example, but you might also I think that's a really good one because everyone everyone knows their family is a priority. Um, But the actions that we take will often say otherwise. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Mm. Mm. So, and maybe your family being a priority may mean that you are spending some time being busier, building a business so that you can have flexibility or whatever it is, you know, taking a, taking um, an extra day off work and working part-time and, and maybe scaling back some lifestyle options because you've got less finances to deal with um, so that you can be there for the kids. You know, we don't, that's the thing about slow living and minimalism is all about um, not always keeping up with the Joneses. And it's all about needing less so that you can have more life. So that's sort of, yeah. And (laughs) I have to say last year, my word of the year was less. <laughs> was it was it really? There you go. Yes. Less <laughs> you know because, all about this. Well, I'd spend some time thinking about what I want more of. And to actually get mm-hmm. more of those things, I had to do less things. So less was always on my mind. It was less food in my mouth, less alcohol in my mouth, less coffee mm-hmm. in my mouth. And then less taking on jobs and things that weren't my zone of genius, just because I felt that someone would be disappointed in me. If I didn't say yes. So actually taking on less responsibility, um, less stuff in our house. I once heard this most brilliant quote and it was a TV show. And all I remember is that they were somewhere like in like Amsterdam or somewhere that someone had moved to a a city like that overseas. And they had these bikes and they had this tiny little apartment. Like 
it was like a one room apartment and they had four people living in it. And the whole point of it was less stuff, more life. And I was like, yes, I don't know what show that was, but that particular part of it has resonated with me for like, this would have been 15 years ago. And I'm like, wow. And I look around my home and I'm like, wow, we have a lot of stuff. Am I living in a storage unit or a home? (laughs) And Yeah. yeah. So less became my word. And really it was a really great guiding word for me that year yeah that's an awesome word to have chosen yeah Mm. and I I understand what you mean like when you go on holidays and you stay in an Airbnb or a hotel there's always everything you need but nothing that you don't and then you come home and go wow (laughs) we have so much stuff that we actually don't need it doesn't need to be here yes And, Mm -hmm. you know, the other thing is when you go to that hotel, you feel relaxed because there is less stuff. Mm. You feel Mm, like there's white linen and everything is fresh and everything is tidy because there's less stuff. And then you come back home and people talk about that stress that they feel when they come back from their holiday. And it's probably just the overwhelm of then having so much to take in again. Yeah. And so much... um the feeling of the burden of the responsibilities of having yeah. to keep it and clean it and tidy it and no housekeeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that not. would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it just, but I reckon that's another reason why you do get so relaxed on holidays is that you don't have, you know, the kids jigsaw puzzle all over the floor and you know, all those things that you normally would have to deal with. Everything's just really mm-hmm. minimal, which is wonderful. Yeah. yeah, and you can focus on getting out and going and doing things rather than spending all weekend doing housework. <laughs> yeah, less stuff, more life. It comes back every time. I, I, yeah. I'm going to have to find out what that was because it's been bugging yeah, me for about really 15 years. Yeah, I might have to just Google what was that show about, da 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 da, and see if it comes up. But, um, oh, incredible. I, I am going to pledge to do more slow living. I am currently reading a book called Be More With Less by Courtney Carver. When I say I'm oh, reading, I've been, tr- yeah, I've been trying to read it for like 12 weeks. But when I say I've been trying to read it, again, I've been so caught up in life and being busy and working and, you know, staying up to do all the things that I have not been reading the book. So, yes, I'm still reading the book 12 weeks later. Um, <laughs> and I feel that I'm very drawn to this topic. So I'm actually pledging to have more boundaries around my time so that I can have that more relaxed decompressed lifestyle because I I'm just gonna say I'm bloody sick of it sick of being on the wagon yeah 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 that's such yeah Courtney Carver's work is she's really amazing she actually has a little e-course called soulful simplicity and it really breaks down you were saying about um saying no and being a people pleaser and and all of that and she talks a lot about that sort of stuff so oh, and well, capsule actually, wardrobes as well <laughs> that might be the name of the book soulful simplicity her instagram name is be more with less so i've got that around the wrong way oh right okay. soulful simplicity is the book yeah and her instagram is be more with less yeah sorry yes okay. i balls that up no, no that's <laughs> yeah that's okay she's got a few different things i think she has the project 333 which is a capsule oh, wardrobe thing as really? well yeah that might very be handy for me Mm. yeah 33 clothing items in for three months really that'd be a season yeah Mm. Mm. yeah yeah it's It's yeah it's great to see that there are a lot more people talking about this sort of stuff because yeah but keeping up with the joneses vibe is 
bloody it's, exhausting. It's over. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. exhausting. Um, I do spend, and I know if people have listened to my previous podcasts or read my previous blogs, they would have read, I've commented on this so many times that I think back always to, but what was it like when my mum was my age? What was it like when my grandmother was my age? And I know we're living in completely different times, but I do feel like they had the best disconnected, slow living as 30-year-olds or mid-30-year-olds like I am. And I just, look, they would have had their own struggles and they would have had their own busyness in their own way. But I just feel like they had more of that downtime that they actually accepted as downtime. Yes. Yeah. Because I tell you, I have the biggest amount of guilt if I've got downtime. So, I know, yeah. And you think, if, like, the shops won't open on Sundays. No, well, nor past you know? four or five o'clock in the afternoon. That's My grandmother right, yeah. would have had to have driven 40 kilometres on a rickety dirt road to get to town to get anything. So I just think, wow. <laughs> mm, yeah. And a lot more time outdoors and, yes. you know, the, I, I guess the kids maybe bit more safe roaming the streets a little bit or roaming mm. the bush or whatever it was and that's really important for the kids to have that open-ended time I think our kids have such structured lives as well very um and you know there's something to be said for uh, one of my um resolutions for the year call it a resolution it wasn't um it was you know my commitment for the year is one to spend one thousand <laughs> Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, is to spend 1,000 hours outside. And it's all, there's an Instagram account called 1,000 yes. Hours Outside. And she has a little download that you can, it's like got little dots for each hour. And her thing was, I think she's American, that kids spend 1,200 hours a year watching TV. So surely we can, you know, and yeah. kids might only spend an hour or two a, a week outside. Mm. So it's about being intentional about getting them outside, taking them, you know, to free things like bushwalks and down the creek at the park or just going for walks around the neighbourhood and letting them do those things like follow a trail of ants and walking climb barefoot. A tree. Climb we don't trees. let them climb trees at school anymore. It is far too dangerous. Yeah, the monkey bars, oh, I'll rival you there. They're pretty dangerous. Oh, I know. <laughs> but we, yeah. we don't let them climb <laughs> yeah. trees or pick up sticks or any of those things that they naturally are geared to do. Um, they'll never learn to, to look after their own safety if they're never put in an unsafe situation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. They need to learn boundaries by naturally exploring the yeah. world around them. Yeah. yeah. I know my, my dad's favourite quote was, growing up our toys were ball, stick and box. <laughs> yep. And, and it could be a million things. Mm. And it could be a million yeah. things. Yeah. Oh, and a piece of string. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kids, um, my, and I know going a bit off topic, but I'm really into Walker learning education at the moment. And uh, for mm -hmm. those of you who have little people, look that up. Walker learning is all about uh, natural inquiry and play. It's a play-based learning program or curriculum or pedagogy, whatever we want to call it. And it is Amazing. about letting, yeah, letting kids just explore and inquire and talk to people and get their ideas and share and build and create and, I've actually segmented my classroom into two parts. One that is all business in the back where we do our reading and writing at the table, but then I have a whole Walker learning section and I want those kids to be able to, yeah, use those skills of inquiry so that they can entertain themselves and build curiosity about things so that they can take that into their adult lives. 
amazing. Can my mm. kids go in your class? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just, I really, I want the next generation of kids to not be in that hustle that we are in because yeah, they've got to learn to be curious and, and learn to, to love what they're doing and where they are and make the most of it. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Good on you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for chatting to me about Slow Living. We actually, um, all the listeners, did not have any uh, questions or script for this conversation. I just said, I just want to jump on and ask you a stack of questions. <laughs> so <laughs> poor Rochelle. She's like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely put me on the spot. I must admit, I'm not the fastest thinker. So some of my answers took a little while to get there, but I hope I wouldn't that have I've known. <laughs> I hope that I've shared slow living in a way that makes it sound like something the listeners might want to try (laughs) oh if you just want a bit more calm and a lot less overwhelmed then this is definitely something to try and Rochelle where can everyone go and find you on the webs I'm on Instagram and YouTube at how to live slow Um, I also have a website called how to live slow Um, yeah and hopefully I'll be I'm thinking about doing a podcast because this is great. This is, yeah. That is excellent news. That is excellent news. Um, Now you have on your YouTube, you do, is it a weekly um, video? A weekly video, yep. Um, I've just changed it to Tuesday evenings at 5pm. Beautiful. Yeah. So you can just talking all about that. All this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great. So we'll be able to jump on and have a look and highly recommend following Rochelle on Instagram because I'm just... Every time I see, and the other thing I have to tell you is that you, you use yellow a lot in your feed. I don't know if you know that, but it's really a calming <laughs> shade of yellow and I'm really drawn to that. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, it was by accident. Okay. <laughs> I just, just had the random you. yellow dress and I got some photos taken and everyone said, wow, that yellow dress is so you. So yep. I've just kind of you know, pixel grabbed that yellow and borrowed it. <laughs> Look, you've got lots of yellow. I'm just showing Michelle through yeah. our screen. <laughs> it's really calming and yellow does really, really suit you. So there you go. Oh, thanks. Um, Rochelle's Instagram says, slow living for modern mums who crave an antidote to overwhelm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So check her out. Thank you so much, Rochelle. We'll clock off and yeah. I'm just so thrilled we finally got to do this. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love you to leave me a review or share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe wherever you prefer to 